I wasn't recording. This is recording. well. I didn't know if I wanted to record it. You were, like, I didn't do it for internet. Oh, cloud, we're, we're recording. Wait, it's, yeah. it's for you guys. For for the listeners at home, they have uh, boxes in their hands about the size of a six-inch Black Series figure. But I know that's why I don't want to say be, what it is. I don't want to be disappointed if I don't. And they say our names too, which makes me think that they might be different. Oh, did oh. You specifically? Are they specific? Wait, did you get one for yourself oh, too? Open them. No, I don't buy myself gifts and what wrap else, them. What else is in your book bag? Wait, how do you want to do this? Do you want to open them simultaneously, or do you want to go Just first? Just open them. Uh, I, one at a time. I'm going first. Oh, 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 that way I can stop paying attention when you open yours. Oh, hell yeah! It's a Migs Mayfeld from Morak. He's oh, got that's his, cool. He's got trooper, his trooper disguise. disguise on everything. Because you like troopers, and I love Bill Burr. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Luke, and the Mandalorian. Oh my goodness, that is so nice of you. All right, I'm opening mine. This is quality wrapping paper. Thank nice you. I keep paper. waiting for you to say it's quality Ooh. wrapping because I did put a lot of effort into the wrapping. Jin Urso, one of my favorite characters, and, I know. and my second favorite character since the Disney era. <laughs> oh my gosh, Luke Taylor, LT. Thank you so Why? much. This You're is, welcome. This was so thoughtful of you. Yeah, I just saw them. Uh, they were being sold, and I was like, you know. I think Max and Matt would like these. Your, your birthday's coming up, so this means that I have to get you something, huh? <laughs> That's true. If you're starting to get me presents out of the blue. I already yeah. ordered something for Luke since he's been here <laughs> for his birthday. Sick. I'm really excited. Dang. You held off on this for so long. Yeah, I had Thank it last you, week, but I didn't have one for Sway, so I didn't bring them. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. That would be such a weird way to start the podcast. You'd be like, I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. They give each other presents every time. <laughs> Who are these characters? You guys do this every week, huh? <laughs> While we're surprising each other, I also have another surprise. Oh, my God. What? Oh! <laughs> oh, he did it! I took off my sweatshirt to reveal my I Can't Swim by Kino Loy shirt. <laughs> oh, Luke, yes. Custom made by my wife. That's oh, amazing. I love it. Oh my gosh! Can I take I a picture of you? Kino Loy. The only thing I don't like about it is that you. It says Kino Loy. I feel like that's so obvious. That's like the most famous quote of all time. Everyone <laughs> knows. <laughs> well, everyone I thought, knows who says I can't swim. I was worried if I didn't put Kino Loy's name that people would just think it's like a public service announcement if I'm close to water <laughs> to like look out <laughs> for me. <laughs> like you, <laughs> you get a little nervous every time someone hands you a cup of water at a restaurant. Like, <laughs> I shirt. just cannot believe. I'm so glad we, we were sticking around doing this episode too. I don't know what you were like. You probably were yeah, so disappointed. Like, I, I, I really like to do them. one more. I was thinking, like, I guess I could hold on to the toys an extra week. Yeah. <laughs> As you're sweating through your shirt underneath your sweatshirt, you're like, I'm about to wash this again. <laughs> oh um, my god, Luke. Oh, I, we also should be like, oh, and thanks to Mike for the animation and Josh for the music. <laughs> I realize we never yeah, credit them we, with anything. We should at some point. Yeah. yeah. Well. Not happening this episode. Yeah, one day. Anyway. <laughs> this one's already running long. All right. 10.15. We're starting. All right. So we've been doing this podcast for a little while now, and everyone keeps asking us, force for thought, what is your definitive ranking of all the Star Wars movies? Well, look no further. Here we are. This is the force for thought definitive Star Wars rankings of the canonical live action movie so just to jump ahead of it we are not ranking the clone wars animated movie nor are we going to be ranking the holiday special Correct. this is going to be the skywalker saga solo and rogue one only we will be going in timeline order starting with the phantom menace we will each give the movies our own personal ranking where they rank in the list between one and eleven and then at the end i will add up all the scores and we will put them in the order and that will be the definitive force for thought ranking 
Sure. So yeah. we're going to be starting with The Phantom Menace. Matthew, where does The Phantom Menace rank for you? Yes. So real quick, before we jump in, I'm so excited about this episode. I know we're, go- we're trying to go pretty quick, but I am obsessed with ranking things, which is, at first, I was like a little offended Max wanted to do the ranking episode and host the ranking episode. But then I thought, thank God I don't have to think more than I already do about this. <laughs> uh, so it gave me a little bit of a mental break. And now I'm very excited to sit back and relax and rank these. And I'm also going to be very upset <laughs> when the ranking is not going to be what I want it to be. But that's okay. Because this is the force for thought ranking. It's not so, going to be what any of us want it to be. That is true. So that's the worst part. I but guess. I, I have a feeling it's going to sway Taylor this episode. <laughs> well, statistically. Well, sway Taylor. That would have been great for last week. Yeah. Is her um, last name Sway Taylor? Uh, no, but <laughs> yours la- is that her first name is Sway. <laughs> I would have hoped that that would have come up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're asking where in the 11 movies that Phantom Menace ranks for me. Yes. So Phantom Menace, um, should we do have positives and negatives as well as we're going along? Or how do you want to do it? Sure, we'll have them. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so Phantom Menace ranks for me at number 10. So Phantom Menace, I think, is the positives for it is is that it is a return of Star Wars in 1999. The excitement, the hype, we get Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul, one of the best Jedis and one of the best Sith as well. Uh, I think a, the a, the big downside, which I think is a pretty obvious one, is that uh, deals with the pod racing scene, which goes on forever, it feels like. Something I was thinking about today when we were running this list a little bit was the fact that it kind of takes off where Return of the Jedi left. So in Return of the Jedi, right, we kind of were talking about this during the 40th anniversary show in the fact that it has a couple set pieces only, unlike A New Hope and An Empire. And I feel like Phantom Menace doubles down on that. And I feel like George Lucas, while writing that, was kind of in the same mindset as Return. It kind of is just a couple set pieces, and then you're just kind of on Tatooine for a very long amount of time. Anyway, Phantom Menace, and we can talk more about it, and I'm sure we can argue, but Phantom Menace ranks number 10 for me. So for those of you doing the math at home, there's 11 movies. So that means that you, there's only one movie that falls below Phantom Menace. Correct. Interesting. And I don't dislike Phantom Menace. No, that's the hard part about putting these rankings, right? Yeah. Because it's so hard for me to decide which one's going to be last. Because yep. it doesn't mean that I hate it. Nope. Like, it's Star Wars, so I, I like the worst one on the list. For Same. me, this was an interesting assignment because I was able to categorize them into three tiers very easily. I had my, my top Correct. tier with four movies, my mid tier with three movies, and my bottom tier with four movies. And those tiers fell very easily for me, and then there was just like some squishing within those tiers that I had to do. Yeah. All right, Luke. For my The Phantom Menace ranking, I put it at 7, kind of middle of the pack. But the reason I like it more than most people is because we've talked about on the show before, what I like about Star Wars is the world building and the lore and the creature design and the the mythology. And The Phantom Menace did so much. Like, before 1999, we didn't know, like, the Sith were never named. We didn't know what the Jedi Council looked like. We didn't know what the Galactic Republic looked like. There's just so much that was created for The Phantom Menace that mm-hmm. was just so iconic not to mention all the great creature design um yeah darth maul qui-gon jinn some of my favorite characters so yeah. I, would, I would be remiss to put it any lower than seven i wish i could put it higher okay yeah that checks out i'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of in between you guys i put it at number eight uh, the only other thing that i want to point out that we haven't talked about already is the third act i'm a big fan of third acts and mm-hmm. i think the phantom menace probably has one of the best third acts because you got uh the duel of the fates with obi-wan and um, Qui-Gon facing Maul. You have the space battle above. You have the ground assault with um, the Gungans and the droid army. And then you also have another fourth battle happening in Naboo as well with uh, Padme leading the charge to go back into Thede. So it was it's, it is a solid third act. So yeah, I, I have it between you guys. I have it as eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing about The Phantom Menace that's really underrated because Duel of the Fates is such an iconic and amazing song 
the Confederacy of, or I guess not the Confederacy yet, but the the Trade Federation droid theme song is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, that's also one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Um, next, we're going to move to episode two, Attack of the Clones, starting with Luke. Where did you have Attack of the Clones? Attack of the Clones is at number nine. No real strong feelings. I feel like everything has been said pretty well. You know, the plot is kind of here and there and not very cohesive. The the love story. I like the third act. Kit Fisto's introduced. I like Jango Fett and I like I like all the Jedi stuff. But there's there's a lot that I used to fast forward through as a child. I'm going to kind of be a little nitpicky here. So I have Attack of the Clones as my last. I have it as number 11. And the reason for that is the reasons that you said, right? And everything with Anakin and Padme, their whole storyline isn't very, it's not very compelling. Um, And the third act, again, it's, it's, it's very linear. I mean, yes, Geonosis is fun and it's awesome, but... I guess maybe I just have ADD or something. You know, you got to mix it up for me. There's there's only one thing happening at a time. They're on Geonosis, and then they go and they chase Count Dooku. It's just not that great of a third act. Um, but you know, everything else, um, other than other than those things, it's it's solid, right? There's some good uh, world building. Um, yeah, wow. I guess I guess that's the about silence it. <laughs> speaks volumes here, folks. No, that's true. I never thought about My number that. eleven in the third act of Attack of the Clones. How linear it is. Like, there's no cutting to other storylines. Nothing. Like, yeah. it's all just different people's perspective on the same thing that's happening one after another. Yeah. They usually do. Yeah, that's one of the things that I like. I will say, Attack of the Clones has the sickest pun in all of Star Wars that doesn't get enough credit. When Anakin expresses concern for Padme in the arena, and Obi Wan looks over and says, "She seems to be on top of things." <laughs> Love that line. <laughs> They have a good line too. There's, there's for as much um, uh, grief as that movie gets for its clunky writing. There's some good moments in it too, like when they talk about uh, diplomatic solutions versus aggressive negotiations. Mm-hmm. That's also a good line in there. Dexter Jetster is a great creature design. Oh, I mean, the creature designs in all the prequels are pretty fantastic. top tier. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also will put Attack of the Clones at number eleven for me. I think back when they were released, Phantom Menace seemed like the obvious choice to be dead last for a very long time um, because Attack of the Clones, when it came out in 2002, was more flashy. You had Jango Fett. It, yeah. But then rewatching it as an adult, it jerks you around a lot until the third act where it completely halts and then you're just kind of left there. And I think Phantom Menace just has a better pacing throughout and has a more intriguing story. I think I've said this before on this podcast, but Attack of the Clones, I think, is built on moments in that in that movie versus phantom menace i think is a little bit better of a story but like you're looking at geonosis you're looking at the coliseum scene you're looking at dooku versus yoda but all the stuff in between there can get really uh really dull and when we watched it in st louis when luke was in college a very long time ago at this point it feels like um yeah this was probably five years ago yeah i feel like when we watched it i was like wow i'm like it is not a good movie to put on when you're very sleepy (laughs) i will tell you that (laughs) or when you have food poisoning either way it's like the star wars equivalent of golf you're just like oh yeah i'm gonna sleep yeah i agree with everything that you guys are saying about the pacing i will say that i remember in some behind the scenes thing that they were talking about the geonosian droid factory scene with anakin and padme and they get separated and how George Lucas added that like late in the game because he thought they needed an action sequence yeah. here. And that just feels like putting a Band-Aid on a massive wound <laughs> at this yeah. point. Like, like a gunshot you, you, got, you got structural problems here, and this is not going to save it. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't – I don't know if it makes it worse, but it, the movie definitely drags yeah, in the middle act. Too. So, Matt, 
is an editor. I am not. So maybe mm-hmm. Matt has a similar opinion or not. I don't know. It's very seldom that I think that I criticize a film for its editing. But that scene specifically when they're in the droid factory is one where the editing always weirds me out. When Padme falls into that giant cauldron and you keep getting that upward shot of the of a different thing, thing about to drop lava yeah and it's opening up and then it keeps dropping lava mm. because it keeps make it it edits it in such a way that you think you're always looking at the one that's right above her and yeah. then it drops all this lava and you're like oh no she wasn't in that one she's like six down and then you see another one right after seeing her and it's like the, the editing is weird for me it's very odd i also think it's a directing problem going back a couple weeks ago when luke was mentioning george lucas i think that is a directing problem as well not not seeing the edit while you're filming is a pretty big mistake. See, that's interesting because, like I said, I I very rarely pick up on those types of things. It has to be something kind of blatant for me to be like, oh, that was weird editing, huh? If you but, see a shot that's like lasting two seconds and it cuts to a different angle, they're cutting something mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Interesting. All right. That brings us then to episode three, Revenge of the Sith. I had this one pretty high up there. So this is the first one that was in my top tier. I have it as number three. Oh boy. It is it is pretty solid. It um it has a stellar third act between um Obi-Wan and Anakin facing each other. That alone, I just said I like cutting back and forth between multiple different things, but truthfully, that alone is enough to sell it. Um but then also um cutting between that and Yoda and Palpatine is awesome. Mm-hmm. But this is the first movie in the list where Acts 1 and 2 are just as good as Act 3. Correct, I mean, yeah. everything with Order 66 on Utapau, uh, the entire first act, I'm also a big sucker for a good space battle, and the Revenge of the Sith's uh, opening sequence is fantastic. Yeah. There's rumors that there's um, uh, George Lucas's original cut was like four hours long, and it was mostly that original uh, space battle and um, saving the... Uh, chancellor uh that is like an hour and a half or something like that truthfully i don't think that's going to be better but i am very interested in it and i would like to see it i think part of the reason that sequence is so great is because you feel like anakin and obi-wan are on the same page finally it's not really an apprentice thing anymore it's not a padawan and oh, that's it, a good way of putting it yeah yeah because i love their duo that i love that duo i love and i feel like we finally get there in revenge and that's something I really do enjoy is that, it's like, I mean, yes, he still has Padawan, but they feel like they're on a higher level together, and it's uh, it's a fun fun, uh, fun to watch. That's interesting. Where'd you have it ranked? So, I had it ranked at number six for me. Number six? So, for a very long time, I was not a Revenge of the Sith hater by any means, but I never understood the hype. Uh, I would say, like, in high school and stuff, I'm just like, yeah, the prequels. Like, I liked the prequels more than everybody else. I was a Star Wars nerd back then, but, like, I'm, like, nowhere near the original trilogy even though at the time there was just those six, six movies then. But re-watching it and getting a little older, uh, you know, I, number 11 and 10 right now are the first two prequel movies. And then to jump ahead, I think, for to number six for Revenge, I think is a, is a big testament. I think it, it is because of that dynamic between Obi-Wan and Anakin, which I like so much. The lightsaber battles are great, as you mentioned already, Maxwell. And then I think after a few slogs, we finally get there. And then we've also spent time with these characters. And so I think the deaths feel actually really heavy. Mm-hmm. And then I think that the, the highs are very high and the lows, meaning the deaths and then the turning are very low. Um, uh, we obviously get the Vader no at the end, but but eh, it doesn't bother me as much anymore. And it's, it's kind of circled back to becoming lame, to funny, to being fine. Yeah. I ranked this one very high. It's my number two. Whoa! It's one of my favorite movies of all time. This I mean, probably my, top, my top five are probably my top five favorite movies. But <laughs> I think that Revenge of the Sith is by far the best of the prequels. And it has such a hard job of 
everyone knew exactly where it was starting and where it was finishing and how much it had to do and it does it all and i think it has some of the most emotional moments in all the movies like i'm i always talk about kit fisto he he dies and it's really sad and he's like that's like the 19th saddest death in this movie. Yeah. So yeah. there's a, there's Poor a lot coon. going on. Yeah. I I will say I feel like I'm always talking about the creature design and how it's so great and the alien design is so great in the movie. I will say this movie has the worst creature design of any Star Wars movie. Are there any new creatures? Very few. There's the Powan, the Mustafarian. I'm having a hard time. Grievous. Do we actually see the Mustafarian? Yeah, I mean they're in the background on Mustafar. Yeah, a couple. hardly. See, uh, so but, I feel like this movie focuses on on the characters that we already. It's got a yeah, big task, which, like you said, which is fair. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we already and there were so many characters and unique creatures designed in episode two, and like all those Jedi come back and uh, from the episode one also. So I can't really fault it, but I just I really like to see unique character designs, and there's not too many in this one. Obviously, it didn't you know knock it down on my list. It's still my number two favorite movie, but I yeah can't it's hard to hard to go i, from I there. feel like i gotta save my credibility for when i keep talking about good creature design in other movies <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fair that's fair all right well uh we are going in um timeline order so that actually brings us then to solo a star wars movie matt where do you have solo solo is an interesting one i that's something that uh, upon a release i really really enjoyed and i still really enjoy it um, I don't really really know where to rank it. I mean, I do, but for me, it's ranking in at number nine, and it's a tough one to put at number nine. I feel like so. Uh, just to confirm, eleven is Attack of the Clones, ten is Phantom Menace, and nine is Solo for me. I think there's a lot of highs. Um, we get, um, and, you know, we get L three. I think we get a lot of lows, like Solo as his getting his name. <laughs> I think Star Wars just needs to kind of take their foot off the gas on naming characters uh, or explaining why they're named something. Um, I think it's really fun. They set up a lot. There's a lot of fun nostalgia fan service to it as well. But I think the problem with it is, for me, rewatching it, it, it doesn't have much stakes. It sets a lot up, and it feels almost unfinished, as we I think we can all agree, right? Mm. It just feels like there's more to that story and those characters that we want to we want to see. Oh, yeah. I think that's a little unfair. It was designed to be a part one. I agree. It unfortunately, wasn't. No, I 1,000% agree. But with Yet. that being said, there's just, I think it moves very fast. And then by the end, it feels a little empty as of now. But I think in the beginning, it does move so fast. And you introduce to these really cool characters who are basically all dead by 38 minutes in. Not even. I think 35 minutes in. Um, you get the whole uh, crew. Beckett's crew virtually all dies. And yeah. then you are then going to uh, Kira, which is a great character. And then we are introduced to Maul. But, and I, I think it's a really fun ride. Um, I, I kind of would like to see the, uh, the Phil Lord and Chris Miller uh, version of it as well. They're doing obviously great things with... Um, Spider-Verse, and they, I think they consistently have always created interesting things. Uh, obviously, it makes a lot of sense that uh, Disney would get a little spooked by their version of it. I think Ron Howard is a safe choice, but also a great choice to take it on, because he has he has that classic 1980s Amblin feel, which I think this movie gives you, which has been a very long time. We also get Phoebe Waller-Bridge, as great as L3. We get Donald Glover as Lando, who consistently, uh, you know, whether it's direction or character, uh, calls uh, Han Han, which is great just to be able to get that callback from uh lando in the original trilogy um yeah so solo is number nine for me that's interesting i put solo a lot higher it's my number five i really like solo and i'm sad it doesn't get as much credit as i think it deserves i think it is the embodiment of a fun movie like there is not a single scene in that movie that i would ever fast forward through like every single scene i'm having a blast and there's a lot of great emotion i think dryden voss is a criminally underrated villain he is he is a very very good villain every single line he says even if it's a normal line just the way paul bettany delivers it mm -hmm. like the, the one i always think about is when he just looks at 
I can't remember who I want to say Han, but and he says, I never asked for anything twice. And it's mm-hmm. just that's just such like it's a chilling. soft thing to say, but it's such a chilling yeah. execution of it. Yeah, I agree. I, I really like solo. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um and unsurprisingly, I am falling in between you two once again. I have it as number six. I agree with everything Luke is saying. I think it is just a very solid, fun movie. I have this very solidly in my mid-tier. It's just a fun film to watch. Um, but going back to what Matt said, yeah, there's some things that are definitely a little over the top. Like uh, Han's last name being Solo because he was by himself. That's just something that didn't need explained at all. Nope. Same with Chewbacca going by Chewie. Right? Yeah. So it's like there are those weird things where you're like, eh, you didn't have to do that. But there's also things that they definitely didn't have to do that I am glad that they did. Like you said with the Han hand thing. That's the best example. Yeah. Right? Because that's like something that no one thought they were going to get a background for. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as you got it, you were like, oh, that's funny. He's kind of poking fun at him yes. because he, he calls it Sabak, you know? Um. But yeah, it's it, it still tugs at your heartstrings, mm-hmm. right? You still get like those emotional deaths, like L three. Yeah. Um, Donald Glover as Lando absolutely kills it. That's one of Aaron Reich as as Han Solo also kills it. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. People, people, oddly enough, I think had trouble. I think probably because they were recasting Harrison Ford, right? Yeah, I know. We like, all know it's not going to be Harrison Ford. Let's just move on. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah. No one is that charismatic. No one. No one is like Harrison Ford. No actor. Working actors I mean, I don't even like think Harrison it's Ford. because Harrison Ford is so unreplicable that he is so acting in a class of his own. I think yeah. it's just so iconically Han Solo that even if Aaron Alden Eric was is a better actor than ha- sure. than Harrison Ford, he's just not the same actor, and so people are always gonna look down on him it's, for it. And it's, it's not hard fair to play cocky and not go over the line of being annoying and uh, and brash, right? And I think Harrison Ford is able to do that. I think the same thing with Robert Redford. With I'm just like I don't think anybody else could play Sundance and much casting the Sundance kid like it's just he just has like this charisma to him I feel like it's both of those actors are like once in a generation so it's hard to recast them but at the same time I think he knocked it out of the park and I think they did something different with him he f- he feels younger mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's a I think it's a lovely performance yeah I, I think L3's death is top two or three emotional death scenes in all of Star Wars. That's good. And a- another scene like that that you were saying is a great callback and explanation of something we've seen before, but making it fun is when Chewbacca rips off the arms of that guard. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's like, yeah. we always talked about that. We didn't need to see that. And they put that in there for uh, for fans to say, oh, that's funny. And then Han says, oh, great. That's the one that would have fit me. And then they just move right on. Yep. I, ah, that's a great scene. And that whole movie is like that, where it's just fun and thoughtful and I love it. Going back to that trip to St. Louis, you all you were mentioning that when we were playing Edge of Empire all the time with the with the with the Wookiees ripping their arms off. Really? Yeah, I thought of you instantly when I saw Solo. Yeah, because that was before Solo came out. Yeah. That's hilarious. They always talk about it. Luke's yeah. like, give it to me. Yes, Luke, you were a big proponent of that. <laughs> Going then to Rogue One, a Star Wars story would be next in timeline order. Yep. Um, I was trying to kill time because I'm trying to think of who just went first. <laughs> I think you did. Wait till the started. draft. No, I think Matt started that one. So this I is did. Luke. Luke, where do you have Rogue One? Number four, one above Solo. I, I I'll, I'll. Wait, you say number one? Number four. Oh, okay. One above Solo. I was like, whoa, bomb! Like a massive bomb. <laughs> I was like, wow, oh my god. I'll, I'll, I'll yield my time to you guys because I know you have much stronger feelings for Rogue One than I do. But I, I really like it. I'm I, sure I'm about to just agree with everyone. Maybe I should yield my time to Matthew then because I also had it ranked as number four, oddly <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome, right? It's I think Rogue so One, I'm thankful that it gets the respect that it deserves. Sick. I feel like everyone who sees it is like, oh, yeah, Rogue One. That's yeah. like top-tier Star Wars. Solo just didn't 
it never got off the ground. And I think it was because it kind of came off the heels of The Last Jedi. There was a lot of flack around it, and the release schedule was weird because it was released like five months after The Last Jedi. So there was like this weird thing where it kind of bombed at the box office, but all the fans who saw Solo were like, yeah, that was actually really good. I liked it quite a bit. Like it was like a weird reaction, um, unlike Rogue One. Rogue One was like, the fever pitch of it, Star Wars, it, I feel like. That was people were like, this is yeah, awesome. It puts the war in Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like, that was, like, the big headline for for everything. That's what um, me and my brother Mike were talking about a lot. And then, honestly, you guys are saying that I should speak to it more. I do love Rogue One so much. Please tell me you put it higher than four. I did, but <laughs> only one. It is my number three. Uh, Rogue One's my number three. I think it's... The perfect time period. I love the Galactic Civil War. I think it's great seeing a, a movie that takes place before a new hope that leads into a new hope, but like not so far uh, like Solo is. And I think Solo is ranked a little lower because out of the Solo movies, oh, that's confusing. Um, <laughs> it feels like this just hits it perfect. Yeah, it hits the tone, it hits the style. And I know like uh, Solo is a fun movie where this movie has so much, so many stakes. And it, I'm not a huge. I, I am, I guess, a bit of a purist, um, but I think, especially with my number, my number one and number two, but I think um, it it pays uh, homage to the original trilogy while also being its own thing. Yeah. We're introduced to characters like Bodhi and Sharut, and we also get Saw Gerrera live action and Jin Erso and Andor, and you get attached to them, and then kill they kill them off, which is a massive surprise ending. Not only do we get a massive surprise ending, but they're all dying. But then we get a the cherry on top, the biggest surprise, which is the Vader scene. And you realize it's the mm-hmm. Tantive Four. You have all of that. You also have CGI Leia, which I know is hit or miss for some people. I personally enjoy it. We also have CGI Tarkin, which I also really like. He could have just yeah. been in the reflection. I would have been fine with that as well. I thought I almost like shit myself in the theater when I saw his reflection because I was like, oh my God, what's I, going on right now? I will say that's one of the best kept yeah. secrets in modern movies in the last decade like can you believe that nobody knew peter cushing was in this movie yeah what like 20 years post obviously yeah and yeah it was a complete surprise no one knew i remember when you first see him in the reflection i was like oh my god are we gonna see his face there's no way and then you do and i'm like oh my god that was a cool scene and he's in like five scenes yeah this is also the first star wars we're able to see without jedi we have Mm -hmm. we have the force but I think this was the first stepping stone. We were, we were talking about a lot about what Mandalorian was like, kind of uh, as a show in 2019 to kind of how much was riding on it, especially with not having, you know, I mean, there's Jedi in it, obviously, to come. But that this was the first step forward and to be like, this is Star Wars without Jedi and lightsabers. It is still equally as cool um, and as stories worth telling. Um, we also get K two S O, who's one of my favorite, uh, who's one of my favorite droids of all time. Definitely my favorite droid in Rogue One. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I think it's it fills in a small, um, not plot hole, but it fills in a small um, a plot point that we're able to fill in. And I think it's like a fun, it's a fun little adventure we get to go on with, which ends up having like big consequences. And I think we get to see that people fail in star Wars in the, in that universe. We also get great ac- action sequences as well. Um, yeah, I love rogue one, uh, dearly. I, it's, I think it's, um, and or rogue one, uh, or no surprise. I think the two best things that Disney has, has done since they've taken over star Wars. Um, and isn't that interesting? I was just thinking about this the other day. If you thought about some of the best things that, uh, Disney has done since taking over star Wars, hmm. 
I feel like there would be a lot of agreement that the top three things would have to be Rogue One, Andor, and Mandalorian. Yeah. And all of those are completely different. They're yeah. all brand new things that have nothing to do with anything that came before it. Yeah. And I feel like some that's like that freedom gives them that ability to kind of excel and do whatever they want, tell exactly. new stories, and people resonate with that. Exactly. I think it's when you try to go back and be like, oh, well, people like Kenobi, so let's give them a Kenobi series. That's when it's like, well, that's a little tricky to do. Yeah. Because it feels like pandering a little bit. Yeah. None of this, Andor, sure as hell did not feel like pandering because <laughs> everyone is no. like, huh? And then now we're all like, yeah, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Um. But yes, sorry, I don't want to spend too much time on Rogue One, but yes, we all collectively there's, love it. Number four for both of you, number three for number for me. There have only been five um, Star Wars movies that have been released since 2015, mm-hmm. and only two of them have made me in the theater think to myself oh my god this is awesome and i think a lot of that's because like as you're ingesting it a lot of times i'm like i need to sit with this i don't know how i feel about this quite yet yeah um rogue one was not rogue one was the first one where i sat in the theater and i thought oh my god this is awesome yeah we all we the three of us saw it together mm-hmm. um just posted that picture of luke and i with a very short stormtrooper which i was there i'm not in the picture but i was there yes and yeah, i don't know where you were that was so weird um but i we all, I think, collectively, I remember standing outside of the theater afterwards. Uh, did we, maybe we saw Solo together as well. I don't remember, but we, me and Max for sure saw it together. And I just remember after Rogue One, though, all fanning out for like a half hour right outside the theater, being like, oh my God, there's so much more to talk about. Now, thankfully, we have a podcast that we can just do that on, so we can com- <laughs> yeah, comfortably do it on nice our own It's nice to organize home. and have structured <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> yes. Anyway. All right. So that takes us then to Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Um, this might come as a surprise. I had this kind of low. I have it as number nine, and I'll tell you why. My heart when just I kn- dropped. I know. <laughs> and when you were talking about The Phantom Menace, one of the first things you said about it for the pros mm-hmm. was that it was the first time Star Wars came back since 83, yada, yada, yada. And I immediately knew that we were going to have disagreements about A New Hope because I just didn't really take that into account. And it's hard for me Mm -hmm. to take that into account because that's such an objective criteria that I feel like just artificially inflates it for no reason. Like, well, I can't say A Phantom Menace is better than it is just because it happened to be the first one in 16 years. So a large part of my ranking is just if I were to watch a Star Wars movie right now, which one would I put on? And then I just kind of went in order. Yeah. And that's why A New Hope was kind of towards the bottom of the list. It's just, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. I love it. It holds a special place in my heart, for sure. But if I were to put on a Star Wars movie right now, yeah, it would be the ninth one that I would pick. Interesting. I mean, it's a 45-year-old movie, and you can tell. I think it's definitely the best mm-hmm. Star Wars movie from the 70s, but I don't <laughs> I don't really like I don't really like movies from the seventies. So I, I'm with you. I put mine I put a new hope at number ten as well. And Oh my heart I just, hurts. It's <laughs> we've gotten better at making movies since then. This is this is what we were waiting for, folks. It the, does, the effects, but the, the same acting, thing they, that... they age poorly. Uh Matt, so where do you where do you rank it? A New Hope is my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. And I don't think that'll change. Really? It is. It I think there's well, here's the thing though. I, I, I'm saying that like half jokingly that like it's your guys is lower. I do get it. It is a little slower. Um, but I think for me, there's a couple things that work in my head. Um, and maybe it's just the way my brain is wired. It's number one is like being able to jump into something. I always prefer starting just from the start from the beginning. Of it. I like jumping in and seeing that's the same thing with Lord of the Rings fellowship is just my favorite and I think it is because jumping into something like Empire just like going into it it's a little hard for my brain to like compute maybe I don't know uh, I'm just kind of coming up with this on the fly but I think I do like to start from 
the beginning all the time. Um, I think something else I really like is that um, a lot of my favorite movies in a trilogy is the first one because it's usually a group adventure, right? And I like group adventure movies. We get oh, Han. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. And Chewie and Luke and Leia all together. We also get the bonus of Obi-Wan being in this movie, which I think is stellar. Um, and so I think getting that group adventure and kind of having that fish out of water and that group kind of building, um, and I think people always say, usually besides this group, um, <laughs> historically it seems, when you're ranking things are always like, eh, and then Empire or New Hope or the, my one or two. And I, for me, it's always my number one. Um, I think it starts in, I think we, we're kind of circling back and then going back to where I was just talking about was, um, it opens you up into this huge, this new world. And I think it's, it is a nostalgia feeling for me seeing New Hope. I think I was like four years old, right? Like we were talking about. And so I think kind of getting that nostalgic feeling. It's like, it's like who, whatever album you get into an artist, even if it's like the worst album, it's the art, it's the album that got you into that band. And so you just have like a special place in your heart for it. And I so, so I think it's the same thing with a new hope. It's, Maybe not the best, right? And I, I can, I can definitely understand that. I mean, the it was saved in the edit, and you can kind of tell in the beginning specifically. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I, yeah. I'm not gonna be able to fight that you have very nostalgic, happy feelings with this movie, but yeah, like Luke Skywalker is not introduced for like 25 minutes, and then Han Solo not for like 45 minutes. Yep. And, you know, it, I just think people have such rose tinted glasses with this movie, and. Hey. <laughs> like you were talking about how the the trio is all together and the group is all together but really only for the second act because they only get leia on the death star and then mm -hmm. han leaves after the death star and leia stays on yavin and they're not really all together that often mm -hmm. and the, there's a lot of the movie besides the trench run and the second half of the death star yeah and it just all of that kind of weighs it down a little too much we also i think the pacing is better because i think we get the andor uh pacing a little bit where it's a bit of a simmer uh i know it takes a long time to get in there but i think sitting with it uh is makes it worth it as well um i really like a new hope obviously and i think i'm trying to think going through my notes seeing if i have anything else i do have a question for luke though because you make a big deal about creature design and obviously the cantina is a very famous scene so i mean where do you rank this ish in terms of just creature design half to low the creature's are all in the cantina. I mean, there's so much... Like, the Tuscans are great. The Jawas are great. There's a lot of great creature designs besides the cantina. And the cantina gets a lot of praise for having so many creatures, but none of them are that cool. There's a lot that are just one-offs. There's a lot of, that are just, like, bugs. I don't know. And <laughs> It's very 1977 thrown-together costume story. Yeah, yeah. And it's just that one scene. Like, the rest of the movie is all humans yeah. from... After, I mean, as soon as they leave Tatooine, I don't think there's a single other alien besides Chewbacca. Yeah. There's yeah. something else I think, um, and being a fan of like film, not that you guys aren't or anything, but loving like watching 70s movies and stuff, Star Wars also solidified and completely changed the sci fi game. Because if you watch any other movies in sci fi made before Star Wars, it is very tough, it's semi unpalatable. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure I would not be able to. Yeah, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Stanley Kubrick, 1968. I'm pretty sure... I'm okay with getting that one wrong versus Star Wars. <laughs> um, but that is a tough watch. It's very good, but it's a very tough watch. But that's more like more like pulpy stuff, like Logan's Run. Have you ever seen Logan's Run? Never Unbearable. Even heard 
that was like a big movie in the 70s. Uh, it's terrible. Um, but there's so many movies that are just like unpalatable. You have no idea what's going on. It's such a headache. And at least this movie is so structured. And I think this movie just changed the game for everything. I know I hate always saying like just because it's first, it's the best. But I think it is the nostalgia for me. I think it's the one I've seen the most. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I think it's, for me, it's a comfort movie. So when I go to put on a Star Wars movie, this is the one I, I always put on. I mean, any Star Wars fan is always going to respect A New Hope. No one's going to say, like, it's an actively bad movie or anything like that. And I think there is a way to take these into effect without just being like, oh, nostalgia. Because I feel Mm -hmm. like nostalgia is, like, kind of a personal thing. Um, Like, I grew up watching it at my grandparents' house, right? Like, that's not an experience that other people had. That's my own personal nostalgia. But... Like, um, like I was thinking about Death Troopers, and I was like, oh, you know, Rogue One is the first time you ever see a Death Trooper. Like, that's cool yeah. for Rogue One. Like, you have to respect A New Hope, and you have to recognize almost anything Star Wars was first seen in A New Hope. Oh, for right? sure. Yeah. Lightsabers, Jedi, Stormtroopers, Death Star, Darth Vader, yeah. us, all the, the spaceships, X-Wings, TIE Fighters, like all of these things. And whenever we see a new one, like we're so used to seeing those all the time that when we see a new one, it stands out, right? And you're like, oh, this is the first time we're seeing yeah. that. That's cool. Yeah, so, that's fair. It's it's the difference between like that's the new one for this movie and this and A New Hope had all of the new ones yeah. Yeah. at and the I, same time. Like Light and Magic, I think, also just solidified it. Just to seeing they created cameras for this. They created mo- everything was just like, yeah, you know, just completely concepted uh, in this really punk rock style. And I think it comes across. I think you can tell, and it's very genuine. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's very genuine. And I think it's uh, George Lucas directing really well as well. I mean, it literally brought him to the brink of like death almost. But I, I think he did a great job. Anyway, so I don't want to spend too much time on a new hope. But yeah, it's my favorite movie. One of my fourth favorite movie of all time. Also, so I'm a little nervous because you kind of talked about. A New Hope and Empire. <laughs> yes. And so I'm, I'm afraid there's going to be some more discussion I'm, about this one, yeah. too. But, Matt, I'll let you start. Where does uh, Empire, Episode 5, so I'm it, guessing, too? As people always say, it's either Empire or New Hope. And number two for me is The Empire Strikes Back. I have not heard people say that, so I was wondering if that was just you putting words in other people's no, mouths. I, no, I'm a big disagreement because I always think, no, it's A New Hope and then Empire. I feel like um, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that's the common, like, oh, well, it's New Hope and Empire, yeah, right? Yeah, I think Empire is great. It's It builds on the world that... They, you know, I think A New Hope was a great foundation. I think uh, Empire builds on that foundation really well. Um, and we get a lot of creatures. We get, everything is bigger in this movie, right? It's 1980. We're three years past now. Uh, the stop motion is bigger. The sets are bigger. The the stakes are bigger. Everything is just bigger in this movie. Um, I think um, it's also a great group adventure. Um, the downside, I think, though, of it is that it does feel like a middle part towards the end. I think the ending is always something that I've struggled with. Because it just ends. They're on the ship, and they're like, yep, what's to come? And then it ends. And then I cannot imagine being a teenager in 1980 and being like, I have to wait three years now. Like, that's a long time. Like, if you're 15, you're going to be, like, 18 and, like, in college or an adult person working because it's 1980. You're not even going to college. Like, I feel like that's a long time to pass and um and the internet isn't even out then i don't even know what was announced back in 1980 did they know for sure was someone like walking out of that theater like they're making another one yeah right? exactly <laughs> going back to 1999 or 2002 or 2005 when we're at the lunch table it's like i don't even know then can you imagine 20 yeah. years prior so it's a it's yeah it's crazy but i think that's the, my biggest downside is that it it does have we also i, I love hoth but the yeah the biggest downside for me is that the ending always feels just like the middle we also get the one of the biggest reveals in cinematic history mm-hmm. um you know that darth vader is indeed uh luke skywalker's father uh no i am your father and so i think um we also get yoda 
you know, and his, and Dagobah. And I think the the biggest downside, uh, apart from the ending, I think, is that Luke is away from everybody else. But I think it's a f- still a fun adventure for for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's creepy, and it has a dream sequence in it, <laughs> unlike Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I put Empire at number three. I, oh, okay. I, also, I also really yeah. like it. Empire is okay. one of my favorites. I would not have talked so much if I thought Luke and you were both going to disagree with me. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I'm far from disagreeing. I think all of the Dago Best stuff and all of the Cloud City stuff oh, Cloud City, are yeah. like two of the four best sequences in all of Star Wars. Yes. So, the I, Carbonite? I do, I do think that the Hoth scene kind of drags a little bit. I know everyone else really, really likes Hoth. I always thought that the. ATATs were a little too stop motion. Like mm-hmm. they they walk slow, but I, I I love Empire Strikes Back. It's got a great lightsaber duel at the end. It's the first time I've ever watched a movie. Well, I mean I was young, but it's the first time I've ever like appreciated a movie for visually looking beautiful. Yeah. Was when the they go to the carbon chamber, the carbon freezing chamber. Like that set design is just amazing, and yeah. especially for a lightsaber duel, it just is so good. And yeah, uh, there, there's not much you could say in the negative, which I think Max is going to try to. So. Is it a great lightsaber duel? Yeah. It's not a great lightsaber duel, but the, the set design makes it great. The like, set design yeah, is up there. It also, they're fighting like sure. it's 1980, but... It's, yeah. it's definitely a step up from A New Hope. Yes. The, the lightsaber sequence in A New Hope is very hokey, very dated. An, um, Empire definitely stepped it up. But, I mean, if I'm still judging this on just Star Wars standards, it's not... A great duel. I would say it's a it's an average lightsaber duel, but I think you're right. I think it's the stakes, the characters, and the set mm-hmm. that all make it, not just the choreography or anything like that. What I was gonna say about first off, I have it ranked as number five, so I'm not okay. like, that far off. I, I'm not I that far off. Lower for you? Okay. I, no, it's it's very solidly in my middle tier. This I consider it a sure. mid tier movie for me. Um, I agree with what you were kind of saying about the third act, how it just kind of feels like it's like a part one of two almost. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I always say about this movie is that the second act just doesn't do it for me. There is so much important stuff that happens in the second act and I get it everything that happens on the Falcon between Leia and Han and everything that happens on Dagobah with Yoda and Luke I get it there's some super important stuff happening there it's just where I always kind of start to like drone out a little bit I'm so excited to argue for your number one <laughs> your number one pick which I assume is the same well we'll, we'll get we'll let's get there. let's let me yeah I'm so excited for you to defend your the, the second act in that movie <laughs> Yeah, just, just go right into it, because that's number six anyway. Is, right. is it Return of the Jedi? <laughs> All right, number six. I had as number one. I think it is, without a doubt, the best Star Wars movie. I shouldn't say without a doubt. I have a really hard time deciding between one and two, but we'll get there. Um, I think episode six is certainly one of the best Star Wars movies. It has the best third act of any Star Wars movie. It has the... Um, the uh, Death Star lightsaber duel between Luke and Darth Vader, which is better than the one in Empire Strikes Back. Um, the stakes are higher. The characters obviously are still the same, um, but he's back a Jedi Knight. You also have the space battle, which is probably the best space battle in all of Star Wars. And then you also got the ground assault with the Ewoks and Endor and the Stormtroopers and Han Solo leading a charge. And in the space battle, you have Lando now also who's helping, which is awesome. So the third act is awesome. I know what you're about to say, obviously. You guys are going to say that the second act and return of the jedi isn't very good but i feel like there isn't a second act i feel like there's a solid first act 
I know it's not true. I hear you laughing. I know As I know there's a, a three-act structure, but it feels like it just goes straight from Jabba's Palace, which is awesome, straight into everything else, which is C- awesome. Correct. No, they walk around Endor for like a <laughs> half yeah. hour. No, no, but Max is right. But they don't just it, walk around. Though. I mean, yes, they meet go... the Ewoks and they retell the story of Star Wars in 20 seconds. But, but You're right in the fact that it does go straight to Endor, but that's the problem is that there is – it's just you're in there for so long. It's a great movie, though. But I love it. What are you it. doing when you're there, though? Like, there's still, like, these chases all throughout Endor, it's the not, speeder it's bike It's not just scene. that. It's also going back to Dagobah to just have a 20-minute pause while they retcon some stuff that they want to retcon. Yeah. No, it was the final steps, and there was some even... The, the most important stuff that happens on Dagobah happens in episode six, and that's because George what? Lucas learned from his mistakes, and he was like, let's cut to the chase on this one. Uh, Nothing important happens on Dagobah in episode six. It's just them... <laughs> just George Lucas trying to smooth his errors over. He's no. just so like, oh, yeah, uh, Vader is your dad, but what I said wasn't wrong. And Leia is your sister. Yeah, he kind of and says Yoda Leia now is dies. your sister. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me push back and say this, though. From a very meta perspective, how important is that scene for having future fan theories, though? Because if we never had that scene where Obi-Wan comes out and he's like, yeah, I was wrong, but from a certain point of view, I was right. If that scene never happened, maybe we wouldn't have all of these speculations about Star Wars. But since that scene did happen, we can say anything is possible. Yes, thank They God. will walk back <laughs> anything. It was a gift that they made these errors first in the original trilogy. So Not that people errors, can't whine about it here and say that it's just a Disney era thing or just a, a prequel retcon, era thing. A retcon, not an error. I had Return of the Jedi as number eight. I eight. like it. I like that the third me. act. The third act is good. There are two other acts that are only okay. The first act? The first act? Yeah. They go in and it's like, oh, they have this grand plan to get Han Solo back. And Leia fails right away. And Lando does not. Lando is a freaking liability in this plan. He takes off his helmet, knocks one guy over, and falls in the Sarlacc pit. Like, the whole plan was just Luke Skywalker going and kill everyone. Why, why did we need to waste 30 minutes doing this? Why did we need to make it seem like... Luke is some mysterious dark side maybe character that he's not. The Rancor was cool. Yeah, I was about to say, but what the about Rancor the creature design? Great. The Rancor was cool, and there's a lot of good creature design. Jabba the Hutt, Salacious Crumb, Twi'lex, Twi'lex, Gamorrean Guards, a lot, of, a lot of good creature design, and the Sarlacc. I, I will. Say, I mean, honestly, Return of the Jedi is one of the best for creature designs yeah. in the whole saga. All right, so you gave me the third act and creature design. I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'm happy with that. That that gets it to number eight in my list. Oh, that's still so low for me. But (laughs) I can't argue too much because Matt's number one was nine and ten. Matt, where do you have it? Uh, I also have it at number eight. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. God, no. I love Return of the Jedi. (laughs) All right. All right. It's number... I'm so sorry. Look, I didn't think you wouldn't be so excited. I just wanted to burn Max, who I got no reaction from. Uh, It's number four for me. Um, Okay, right in the middle. It's literally... So just to recap, my number one is A New Hope. My number two is Empire Strikes Back. My number three is Rogue One. And my number four is Return. It's... I love that era. It's hard to beat. I also love seeing these characters. You have the original crew. Um, You have this... You have this great ending... Uh, to it, I think we talked, you know, and talked about in the 40th. It does slog in some places, but it builds out the world. And without Return of the Jedi, I don't think we would have gotten the creature designs because it builds out the world in a in a quirkier way. In Empire Strikes Back, we build the world out to a more dramatic way, and in Return, we we build out to a weirder world because it is. There's so many things on this on this uh, in this galaxy on these planets that are weird and quirky and how the the inner workings of and maybe my basis for like how reality works in Star Wars and stuff too because you mm-hmm. get so many weird things in this movie. But yeah, I think the Sarlacc, um, 
is a cool creature. I think we, we get the Good Morning Guards. Like you said, it's really creepy movie, actually. I think it does slog. I think the third act isn't as good as you're, as you're saying, Max. To me, I don't, I don't like it as much. I think New Hope has a significantly better third act. I don't, like we talked about in, in the 40th anniversary, it doesn't feel like as massive big finale, and that's okay with me. But I think we... It's a lot of Luke standing around watching things happen, not really making a decision. Um, in the throne room as well, it's re- it, the buildup is the 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 release is really cool with that lightsaber battle. But I also think that the Empire's lightsaber battle is better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really like Return. It's my number four. Um, I have really no gripes with it. It's one of those movies again. I would put I will put on all the time because I I think they're fun to watch. Um, even these characters interact and how lucky are we we get to see three great movies I'm glad that we have these answers though that are all across the board mm-hmm. mine's yeah. solidly in the top Luke's is in the bottom tier and yours is right there in the middle that's mm-hmm. nice that that makes this fun for me personally uh, hopefully those listening agree um, alright Matt what about episode 7 The Force Awakens The Force Awakens so The Force Awakens was a lot of build up I remember me and you both tearing up a little bit watching that first that first trailer it was the second teaser trailer technically because that's when Han and Chewie uh, come on! I remember we yes. both waited to watch it after we came back from class, I believe, or maybe I did, and you were already out of the apartment. Well, anyway. if, we're, if we're telling stories about seeing the yes. show, do you remember seeing the first teaser trailer? Because we saw it together. Because we went to go see horrible bosses. Yeah, we like went to go see horrible bosses too at 10 a.m. on a Friday because it was only showing in like 15 theaters in yeah. the country, and one of them was in Cleveland. And we went to the first showing of the day in that theater, and horrible bosses too ended up being really good, which was yeah, a nice that surprise. Was a, that was nice because we watched like a. 50 second teaser trailer and I remember my mom turned to me our mom turned to me after and was like so that's it that's what we came here for and I was like yes <laughs> it was perfect I think it's like a minute and a half I just think the first 40 seconds is just desert and then Finn pops up yeah, yeah. it's so it worth be. it though because that the Millennium Falcon you. flies upside down yeah it does that JJ shot uh, Force Awakens I really enjoy so it is my number five right after Return of the Jedi it is, yes, does it lean oh, heavy yeah. on I nostalgia? Number, I had it as number six, so I think oh, we might right. be agreeing here for once. It's Because I, I, I like going in order, mine is seven. So. Oh, all, all right. right. All right. We're Consistent. Within, yeah. um, Force Awakens is fun. It, hel- it weighs a little bit too on nostalgia, I think, but it's fun. People are like, oh, it's a repeat of A New Hope. Who cares? We get to see these legacy characters as well. I think, um, I can't remember the creature names in, in Han and Chewie's ship. Rathtars. Thank you. Feel a little too Star Trekky for me, personally. But beyond, I, re- I recently came around on Rathars. Yeah, okay. I, I used to think they were kind of hokey, but I'll, I like them now. I'll get there. Um, but I think it it expands the world once again. I think Ray and Finn and Poe all have interesting setups. Um, I mean, not even that. We also get Kylo Ren, who I think is. Uh, I mean, the the face reveal, like we already talked about, is great. Um, the cross guard is great. Um, I love the visuals of them fighting in the snow. Like all of this, mm. all of these things look. It's Star Wars. But with updates, and you have the it shows. You don't have the cheesiness of the prequels of the CGI. You don't have the stiffness of the seventies and, and early eighties uh, techniques and stuff too. The technology is there, and they you you see it. It feels like the first time we're able to see Star Wars in the fully updated cross between visuals, uh, between graphic uh, effects, uh, and then also practical effects. Um, I, I disagree on that point. I think J.J. Abrams was very <laughs> stubbornly not embracing digital effects because at the time when he was making it, the prequels were still so hated. And I think The Force Awakens... I, I like how I'm rating every movie and then giving it my rating in terms of creature <laughs> design. Force Awakens is near the bottom because it has a lot of interesting-looking creature designs, but they're all so practical and they're all so inspired by the 70s and they like look like they were made in the 70s and like we can do better. Like All the aliens on Jakku and then I am not really bothered by the fact that it's 
so closely related to a new hope in terms of like plot and structure until we get to Maz Kanata's castle and it's like he literally did a cantina scene again yeah and uh, that scene that scene always bothers me but like you said there's so much to love all yeah. the characters are amazing the the stakes i some of my favorite characters are introduced in this movie my favorite moment maybe uh, well that's a big statement See top it. 5 moments in all of star wars is when poe and finn are escaping in that tie fighter and they introduce themselves yeah. and and Poe gives Finn his name, and he says, "Good to meet you." And he's like, "Good to meet you too, Finn." And they fly off. Like that's one of the most cheerful moments in all of Star Wars, and I I think it's the, like the perfect encapsulation of the mood that Star Wars yeah. should always aspire to be. That sort of plucky, hopeful, inspirational, and happy. And that's a great moment of someone getting a name in Star Wars. But with that being said, I don't think you're giving <laughs> yeah. the graph, the effects, the uh, enough credit because I think we're seeing. You know, in the snow scene, all that stuff is added later. That's not real, right? We're also seeing the 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 lights on them in that scene when it's dark, like though the lights, the reflections from the, the reflections lightsaber. from the lightsaber. Oh, that's yes. that's what I mean by visual effects. So all that stuff was not in the prequels, right? No, we, it wasn't, and that ruined me for when I rewatched the prequels. Yeah. and I noticed that the lightsabers are not shining on yep. their faces when they're in a battle. Exactly, I, I noticed it a there's lot. All now, of those, except for Yoda, because he was a digital element in in this in there the you computer. Go. Hmm. See, there's all those things though. I think that were added into it that um, not just creature design, but just overall movie. And those, and I mean, realistically, you know. There's like two percent of that stuff is real, and the rest is green screen, presumably, especially um, when they're on Star Killer and whatnot as well. I also think a thing that has going for it is the mystery and intrigue. Where is Luke? Why does Maz Kanata have these sabers? What's going on? And I I love that ending. What's one of my favorite endings is when we see Luke. Um, he takes his hood down. Yeah. It's so intrigued, and then for the next two years, a year and a half, I was on cloud nine. I also think it's the best Harrison or the best Han Solo movie. In the saga. Yeah. I don't think he's ever been better. He's good. I don't know if I agree with that, yeah, but I'm he's thinking, good. I'm, I don't know <laughs> if I agree with that either. Maybe Empire. I would yeah. have to think about that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to add. I think you guys touched upon everything. We all agree. It's it's middle of the pack, but very solidly so. It is a good setup, and it is a very fun ride. Yeah. Um, and that's why I had it, like I said, as number seven. Um, and then that'll bring us to episode eight, The Last Jedi. So mm-hmm. I had this one as my number two. This is the one that I. Oh, I thought go we were going to agree on our with. number ones. No, I already this, have this my number my, one. Yeah, you did. Yeah, this is my number one. I love the Last Jedi. I like the Last Jedi too. I think it is it is awesome, and this is the second movie um, that I mentioned earlier. Where in the theater, I consciously thought to myself, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" And that was the throne room scene. Um, I mean, that scene in and of itself is fantastic, but also just that moment that I had in my head watching that when I knew. This isn't even the end of the movie. Like, we still have a whole third act following this. Yeah. Like, just in the middle of the movie, Kylo Ren s- betrays Snoke and fights all those Praetorian guards. And, I mean, I, I've talked about that scene ad nauseum. That scene is incredible. But just the the whole movie in general, I really like the themes of the movie. I really mm-hmm. like the theme of losing um, and failure and having to accept failure and all of that. I think it's awesome. Um, Star Wars is not above criticism. There's there's plenty of criticisms uh, that are valid for the Last Jedi, right? Like um, Canto Bite 
that's the obvious one. Yeah. I don't love Canto Bite. I really like what it stands for because it helps uh, with Finn's story arc of the idea of failure. Um, yeah. Because his whole story arc is trying to find this code breaker to sneak onto Snoke's ship to, to uh, stop their uh, tracking device and all that. And it all fails. Everything that they do fails. Um, so I like that element. I just don't really care for how it was done. But other than that, I like it a lot. I mean, everything with uh, Luke and Ray, I think, is well done. People say, like, oh, they, they ruined Luke's story arc. And it's like, Luke completed his story arc. What do you want from him? You just want him to come back and be a bigger, badder superhero? Like, yeah. that's, that's You're not going to get that. Like, it's I'm a hat sorry. on a hat, too. Um, so I, I like it a lot. It's, it, I have it as my number two. Where'd you rank it, Matt? Do you, do you want to go with since you're, it's your number one? Do you want me to? Well, let's hear what you ranked it as. Okay. I got to know how hardly I need to defend it. Or no, not. I also really like The Last Jedi. I'm not a Last Jedi hater. Uh, I ranked it at number seven. Ooh, um, that is low. For To me, the ones that come before it, Revenge of the Sith, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, Rogue One. Force Empire Awakens Strikes before Back. The Last Jedi? That's Oh, for me. sure. And A New Hope all don't have any stumbles where I think Cantabite is a pretty big stumble. It's fun, but I think it's a pretty big stumble. And for me... I have a lot more of a connection with those movies. I like Last Jedi a lot, but I think something that takes me out of it and it deflates my sales every single time I watch it, it's the way it's done. It is one of my favorite moments, as I just said, as I alluded to in Force Awakens, is when we see Luke at the end. And I don't really... I think what they do with his storyline makes total sense. I think what we talked about in the 40th anniversary, he goes into hiding. That's all anybody's told him to do. That's all his masters have done as well. But it deflates me every single time I see it is in the beginning when he throws the saber behind him. It just is that build up to, I think maybe one of the worst moments in star Wars is that moment. He just throws it behind him. It's I don't, I don't disagree with that. I like, I like his story arc. Like I said, I think it's fine. I don't like that. He threw it over his shoulder either. I think it could have been more dramatic if he just dropped it and walked away because when he threw it over his shoulder, I remember that first feeling in the theater and it was early on in the movie still where I like, uh, like I wanted to laugh, but I was like, "Was that like a comedic beat? Like that yeah. was a weird, a weird it, thing to do." I think it was a comedic beat, and I don't think anybody got the joke. And then I think that's a, so going into something. Some of the humor doesn't land for me. Yeah. The force feather doesn't hit for me, and I think all you don't like the force feather. No. I think that's hilarious. There's a lot of humor that I don't think is going to age very well, and you, we see it in a lot of MCU movies as well. And there's nothing like that in the original trilogy. There's no topical or comical jokes like that. I you agree can, with the force feather. Yeah. I think the joke about Hux's mom and and Poe trolling him at oh. the beginning. Yeah. That I like. I One, thought that was hilarious. One thousand percent. I think. I think that's very much Poe Dameron. Exactly. I agree. The Force Feather just just doesn't see. We've never. I don't like to say like, oh, we've never seen this because that's fine, right? People can change. People can do something. But I feel like that's really weirdly out of character for Luke. If it was a Han thing, I could totally see. But I, some of the jokes just don't hit, and I don't. It's how that Ryan Johnson wrote him, so that's totally fine. Um, but no, I really enjoy Last Jedi a lot. I think the ending is so cool. I love that he can. Um, uh, kind of force put himself onto that battlefield. I think Kylo Ren's anger is great in this movie as well. I think we established a connection between Rey and Kylo, which is stellar as well. We get some great visuals. Um, but again, yeah, uh, I think Rose is also great. Obviously, the throne room, no re- reason to kind of go past and talk about that. Oh, we have a lot of surprises. Yes, Phasma's death, which is crazy. Um, some of the jokes don't hit, like I said. And I think it's also a realistic look at Loss and Luke's path. I think some people, like you said, want Luke to come out and be a superhero type character, and that's not interesting. Or what do you? I mean, I think it could have been. Should it could have been handled differently? Sure, sure, it have been. Uh, who cares? Well, and maybe that's what he did in the extended universe, but that's yeah. not. It, but that's yeah, not Luke exactly, Skywalker. Exactly, and like we talked about, it makes sense. I think that he went into hiding, and it's like he does come out in his own way. You know, he can't go anywhere either. Ray takes his X-wing. Like, I feel like it makes sense. 
Everything about that movie, I think, makes sense. But yeah, basically, for me, it's just some of the humor doesn't hit. But I mean, I still really enjoy it. I'm not a Last Jedi hater by any stretch of the imagination. I put it as my number one. I think it is similar to my views on Andor. Like, I li- I love all Star Wars for being Star Wars, and then every now and again, something just also happens to be the most technically well executed piece of Star Wars. I think this has the best acting, the best directing, the best writing. Yeah. I think it has the best effects, the best like cinematography. I love how in the beginning, like every scene informs the next scene. There's no like jumping from one place to another. Like you it it pans in sense. straight from the crawl. It goes through the evacuation on Dakar uh, down to the ground. And then Lieutenant Connick sees the Star Destroyers. And then it goes up to the Star Destroyers. And then they see the X-Wing. And then it goes to Poe Dameron. And then it goes... And then Leia's trying to get him to stop, so it goes to Leia, and then it brings out the Resistance, and then they get away, and it goes to Finn, who's finally escaping, and he gets out, and Poe says, oh, you must have a thousand questions, and mm-hmm. Finn says, where's Rey? And then it goes to Rey, and then Rey meets Luke, and she's like, and then she talks about Kylo Ren, and then we see Kylo Ren for the first time. It's just such a well-crafted movie. When Luke says, where's Han, it, yeah. hurts, it hurts me every time. Mm-hmm. And it's... then it, pan- it cuts like, that hard cut right to Kylo yeah. Ren. And I hate, think, I hate when people, t- just the porgs and stuff, it's just like, let's it's a Star Wars creature that inhabits this in this world. What do people say about porgs? I've never even heard that. Well, because the, there's no point to them. There's no The people are like, oh, well, Ewoks had a purpose in the story. That's what I love about it, that there's no point to it, but they add it. Well, I mean, I know there was like technical onset limitations that they added it for mm-hmm. also but with the puffins but they don't have a purpose and it just makes it feel more otherworldly i agree similar to canto bite like how i don't like in the force awakens how they just redo another cantina scene they're very close to doing that in canto bite mm-hmm. but it, they just flip it on its head and it's yeah. a classy can- cantina and it's yeah. casino and i i love the casino scene and similar to the fact that there's not that much unique creature design they have dj who i think should have been a uh, alien but in a world where he's not, they gave him a fun accent with mm-hmm. a stutter. And that's yeah. like otherworldly enough that I'm okay with it. And that's what I look for in Star Wars. Something that yeah. is a great movie and also set firmly in this world. I think, uh, I also, I said Canto Bite is a bit of a slog, but like I do enjoy Canto Bite. I just think it, much like the pot racing scene, can be a little shorter. It could be a little shorter. But especially because the movie's already one of the long, longer, maybe yeah. the longest mo- Star Wars movie there is. I'd have, to, I'd have to look that up, but it's definitely close. Yeah, just a, just, a, just a tad shorter. But, I mean, and then the second and third act, I mean, the whole movie is flawless. I love everything on the Supremacy, Snoke's flagship. I love yeah. everything on it's Crate. Rad. It's just... The Crate stuff is so cool. Mm-hmm. You've got little Gareth Edwards cameo as well, mm-hmm. the director of Rogue One. Something that, this is such a minor thing that annoys me, but when Rey is seeing all the versions of her and she's snapping and stuff, I can't stand that scene. I don't know why. I fast forward it every time. I'm like, oh, it feels like it goes on for an eternity. I don't know why. That's um, fair. I, was, I almost said the moment. exact same thing when you were talking about the uh, vision in Empire Strikes Back, which it's obviously yeah. <laughs> an homage to. And so, you know, some some work for me, some work for you. Yes. But I, that scene works for me. It's also the, I mean, maybe, maybe the best part in the whole movie, the representation of the Force mm-hmm. when... Luke is teaching Rey, and he, she sees light and darkness and yeah. peace and violence. Oh, and yes. The the editing that, in that is fantastic. Mm-hmm, it's that, the waves. It's the crashes. Sorry. Yeah, okay. and that is the best it, understanding of the Force that we've ever had and since. I agree, because it, 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 it takes something that is so complex and simple and like makes it so simple to understand and comprehensible and palatable. Um, and yeah, I 1,000% agree. And the representation of the darkness and how she falls straight in. 
I I love that as well. And then when it cuts out and he says, you went straight to the dark. Like, yep. they always talk about going to the dark side, but we've never actually seen that visually yeah. or really heard about it in a compelling way until now. And that's such a well-executed moment. 1,000% agree. Not to mention all the stuff with, you know, war profiteering and the purpose of war. Yeah. Leia trying to teach Poe that it's not about the fight, it's about the war the mm-hmm. saving people as much as it is fighting people which also ties into finn's story arc with rose the the whole movie just and it all comes together at a peak on crate right at the same point and uh, i just i literally think it's a flawless movie i know the only flaw i could even kind of see is Cantobite, and the only thing is that it's just a little too long and the movie's a little too long because of it but that's the thing i think but it's you, not bad no and i think that's the thing about star wars is that when you walk out of that theater and you have that gut reaction, you have to stick with it, right? Like, there's so many of our friends who have seen Last Jedi, walked out of the theater, and have loved it. And then, oh, for I some know, and then reason, go watch YouTube videos. Go watch YouTube videos mm-hmm. and just completely get destroyed by it. it is, and yeah. you, Star Wars, if you're watching anything that's supposed to tell you something different, like if you're listening to this podcast being like, I need to get swayed, it's like you're listening for the wrong reasons. If you like that movie, it is okay to like that movie. Like, I have problems with the Cantabite scene, whatever, right? But like th- that's okay if you don't, right? Like that is fi- that is one thousand percent fine because Star Wars is whatever you should, whatever you want it to be for you. And if you can like it for different reasons, I think yeah, you just have to go with your gut. And if that is like your number one choice, like that is your number one choice, right? Like I don't know. So if I'm doing my calculations correctly, um, last we have Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker, yes. and I think we all have it kind of close to the bottom. I know I do. I have it ranked as my number ten, Matt. It is my number eight. Ooh, it's my number 11. It's my least favorite. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I really wanted to like it more than I did. But yeah. there was, I like, I'll just never get over the moment when Kylo Ren says to Ray that you're a Palpatine and I kind of shrunk down in my seat. Yeah, like, that's I, not good I, for you. I really don't want to feel that way in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's a good way of putting it. I agree with that. I don't like that movie as much as I really want to like it. Yeah. And I did just rewatch it recently, uh, specifically for this. And There's I did, a lot to like. There is. And I kind of came out of it with that uh, in my head. I was like, there is, there is a lot to like. I, I think everything, is, uh, I think the third act is good. I think everything leading up to it could be a little bit shaky for me. But I, I had it pretty close to my bottom i mean what are we gonna nitpick like the the pacing is really fast and that could have been better but Mm -hmm. there's like stuff like that in every star wars movie but there's i don't think there's anything in any star wars movie that i like actually dislike like i do ray being a palpatine yeah it's a little weird i think it's a i just recently rewatched it and i think i would have almost put rise of skywalker above last jedi originally but then i rewatched it twice recently and um yeah, I it's it's definitely fallen, and honestly, this and Solo can honestly f- swap because I kind of instead of like ranking it like you, Max, Attack and Phantom to me are a bit of a slog, and there's like some glaring errors that are like from like a film perspective, but also just from a viewing perspective that I don't love. And then Solo and Rise of Skywalker, I think, are very fun popcorn movies, and then the rest of them, I absolutely one through seven, I absolutely adore. Yeah. And Rise of Skywalker, I think, is a very fun movie. I love uh, uh, Finn and Poe running through um, the the Star Destroyer. I think that's like a great sequence. I think we get a lot of cool things. It's very sloppy. There's no denying that, right? But we also get the return of Han Solo. Like, that is just so gut-wrenching as well. We also get, I mean, they did the best they could with Carrie Fisher and Leia, but I think that's also, it has that emotional impact, and I think... That's why it's so hard for me to fault the movie, though. Because same, I, same. They, yeah, no, they, were, they were fighting with one it, hand tied behind yep, the yeah, back. They, did. they didn't do it well, but there was nothing well that they could have done in this situation. The, the biggest fault it has, though, I think, is retconning the last jedi 
in obvious I agree. Obvious it feels ways. like a slap to the face if, in a lot of yes. ways. Because, oh, something in Last Jedi I love we didn't talk about is Yoda. And I think everyone, a lot of people mm, for some reason yeah. were like, oh, why is Yoda so weird? And it's like, Yoda, like, do people not like understand that like in the original trilogy, he's just like a weird, quirky hermit dude? Like, I think everyone has this like otherworldly prequel vision of him where he's a little more stoic and, yeah. and whatever. But like when he ends up going to, and being a force goes when he passes away he is like a weird quirky dude and so i feel like that's what we kind of get in last jedi and i was so confused when people are confused by that and so i think we i love when luke skywalker talks to ray when she's gonna like not and she burns the uh, x-wing Octo. yeah but when he catches the saber like as much as i hate that moment when he throws it him catching it is equally as bad of a moment i would say where it's like ah like it could have been done a little differently, and it just feels like a, a a slap in the face. And when I'm watching that, I can't imagine what Ryan Johnson feels like when he watches that. It's like you stick to your guns. That's why I'm excited they're making the Ray movie. It's like stick to your guns. If you're that movie was made, then just follow up with it. Don't backtrack and be like, no, 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 no. I was wrong. It's like you can say that in a different way, maybe not as harsh. That feels so obvious. Like if you, if I showed a ten year old that, I think they would be like, well, that's weird, right? Like, that's yeah. odd. And so I feel like there are some things that are just backtracking that's like, stick to your guns. It's that's like the first rule of improv, right? Like, the rule is yes and. Like, yes. you're always yeah, supposed exactly. to build <laughs> off of the scene. Like, yep. I the wish Last that the Jedi sequel trilogy was, like... was not made like an improv show, but unfortunately it was, and you're right. Exactly. Uh, this has my least favorite movie moment, sorry, in all of Star Wars as well. Is all... it different than my least favorite moment in all of Star Wars? B- the Pebbletine? Yeah. Yes, because it's dumb and doesn't need to be in there. Yeah. It is the worst scene in Star Wars. It is a topical, stupid joke that I, if I would ever get my hands on that, I would change that line to anything in the entire world. It is when the the Knights of Ren walk in and the stormtroopers look at each other and say goals. I they say ghouls. I think they say goals. Like goals, like an aspiration. <laughs> yes. The subtitles say ghouls. I am ninety percent sure they say goals, and it it's sounds, supposed to be a funny beat. It sounds like they say goals. I think they do. If, I mean, I agree with Max. The subtitles say ghouls. What does that even mean? I'm I don't know. I don't n- get it either. Yes, it's There's a lot of moments like that yeah. where the writing, I think The Rise of Skywalker has some of the worst writing, and I'm usually very particular when people criticize writing, but there's a lot of moments where I'm just like, that was weird. Like, sp- uh, big examples are when Hux reveals himself as the spy, he kills the stormtroopers, yep. and he just blurts out, I'm the spy. It's like, that's a weird thing to say. You just showed us that you are the spy. Like, it would have felt more natural to have one of the heroes say, you're the spy. But even that yep. would have felt like forced and clunky. I agree. Like, you didn't have to do that. And then in that exact same scene, I always think of that part where uh finn says why are you helping us and he says i don't want you to win it's like that's not a responsive line to what he just said no like you can jump straight to i need kylo ren to lose but like that's a weird thing like clearly there was a writer who wanted you to say that more than they wanted this scene to make sense and then the other thing that i always think of is when they say somehow palpatine returned i don't think that writing is terrible i think a lot of people hate the sentiment and i think what they could have done super easily to make that line better is just remove somehow just yeah. say, it's confirmed the worst. Palpatine's return. Because when you have that in-universe admission of like, yeah, this is crazy, it yep. only reaffirms for the audience, yeah, this is crazy. Which is exactly what they do with Luke, too. It's Yeah, they just need to take that stuff out and be sure of themselves. Because I think they, after Last Jedi, they took a swing, and it was mixed for some reason. And then I think when Rise of Skywalker, they're like, we need to make the most un... I don't know, uncombative movie possible. And in that, you get the opposite. You get the antithesis of A New Hope, which is authentic and genuine. You get something that is pandering and weird. Um, 
Yeah. But it's a fun group adventure. Like, I like. Yeah, so I, I was going to defend it's fun it a as little hell. bit. I, it's my least favorite Star Wars movie, but there's still so much to love. I mean, yep. all of the Poe and Finn dynamics when they when Poe names Finn a general. General. That's, yep. a, that's amazing. The Finn's force arc, when he has a feeling that the they're being navigated out by the lead ship. Lando. That, that's a great moment. Yeah, Lando's cool. Uh, that droid that says, okay, or the goblin, or the not goblin, the <laughs> creature in Lando's ship that when he says, we got to go, and he's like, okay, <laughs> that's a great creature. There's, Bulio is really cool. The guy that says, wind of war. There, there's a lot of good creature design, which I like. And then the next scene shows severed head, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. That was, that's a, see, that's a cool moment. They need more And you do like see that. the Knights of Ren, and the Knights of Ren are cool. I wish we got more of them in the, in the earlier movies, rather than just like immediately get wiped out by Ben Solo. But seeing Ben Solo, again, also awesome. Yeah, yeah there's ben obviously great. a lot of highs. I'm not saying that it's a bad, bad movie or irredeemable or anything like that, but we are ranking them. Something's got to make it close to the bottom of the list, yeah. and I think this is going to be close to. So I've crunched the numbers, and here is the definitive ranking Ooh. for the Force for Thought podcast. Should we We're go? We're going to have some issues that we have to settle, though. Oh, no. So... Coming in at last, we have the Attack of the Clones. That is really? ranked that number beat, 11. That beat out the Rise of Skywalker? That surprised It did. Me. Rise of Skywalker is next at number 10. Okay. And then we have the Phantom Menace at number 9. And then we have our first tie. We have Episode 4 and Solo tied with each other. And I, I hate doing this because I, in my ranking, I think I had Solo higher than A New Hope. Mm-hmm. But... If you're going to say some bullshit about, about legacy, you have to take it into consideration. I think I think you put a new hope above Solo. I think so too. I mean, obviously, I'm going to defend. I'm it. outvoted, so I'll I'll save the time. But, it but is, I think Solo is so much better. Solo is a fun movie. I don't think in in 20 years it's going to be as I don't know. I mean, it it promises a lot. I, I think where I think you can watch the, the original trilogy, I think is unbeatable. I that's, think since I, we have a tie, a, that's since, such a dangerously arrogant statement. That, no, I, mean, I don't. I think it's on. It's, because it's, Luke it's doesn't class. think that a new hope holds up now. No, it doesn't hold up now. And no. it's interesting to think about Solo in twenty years. What do you think a new hope is going to look like in twenty years? You think our kids are even going to want to watch it ever? I hope. I mean, it's it's, it's the, so slow for us. It's it's slow, but it's worth it. It's we're it's we're talking about tiebreaker here. We're talking about tiebreaker. It's a tiebreaker. Two to one. I think you got to take into account the legacy, everything it set up, everything it did for cinema and film yep. in general. I say it's decided. We we do have and three people, luckily, so we can do a majority rule. Honestly, the, when it comes down to it, the worst case is that I would rather watch Han, Luke, Chewie, and Leia versus Kira and Han. Those characters are Star Wars. Without them, Star Wars is nothing. Kira's very cool, but without. Without watching those, I mean that's why I like Return of the Jedi so much as well. Is that those seeing those characters on screen is worth it. We do have to preface that again, though. This is just for a tiebreaker because yeah. we do also have Rogue One much higher on this list as we're about to get to. Good, I love Rogue One. So, so uh, to recap, we kept Solo at number eight, and we put Star Wars: A New Hope at number seven. Coming in at sixth is The Force Awakens. Coming in at fifth. Um, to break my heart is Return of the Jedi, and then we have another tie between third and fourth place. We have a tie between Rogue One and Revenge of the Sith. I out of out of those two, it's t- it's really tough. Wait, we say Revenge of the Sith. Oh, and Rogue One. No, Rogue One. I think is the better movie. I think Revenge of the Sith is really good, but it is the it saves that whole trilogy where I think Rogue One is able to do that in one single movie, prove itself, give you new characters. 
It literally puts the wars in Star Wars. It introduces you to uh, a group of characters that, like, not only are fun to watch, but then you're like, ooh, I, like, if you're a kid, you're like, ooh, I'm that character, you're that character, and, and there, it gives this whole group dynamic. Um, I think Revenge of the Sith is a great movie, but I also think it has some baggage attached to it, where I think Rogue One is a clean, sl- cl- just clean slate. It's, uh, it's right there for you to enjoy with no baggage, nothing attached. I'm not going to fight back too much. I, I like Rogue One, and if you feel that strongly, I'm fine with rating it one above Revenge of the Sith. I had it. I had Revenge of the Sith as my number two. Rogue One as my number one. So I do like Revenge of the Sith a lot more, but not to the point where I'm going to fight back with you. I'm, I'm the exact same way. I, I'm not going to fight back since you just said you're not going to fight back. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to convince me to fight for it a little bit harder. I was going to say Revenge, but it's settled. We'll do uh, Revenge of the Sith at number four and Rogue One at number three. And then finally, our number two and one is also a tie between that is remarkable, isn't it? Empire Strikes Back oh, and no. The Last Jedi. Well, I have a feeling I'm going to lose this one, but all, all I'll say again is Han, Luke, Leia, and Chewie. We also get Lando. We get Cloud City. We get Boba Fett. Um, we get the Carbonite scene. I think, yes, it's a classic. And I, again, I do hate the argument that just because it's older, it's better. But I think Empire Strikes Back. But maybe go ahead and say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Empire Strikes Back defines Star Wars. Um, I think it is quirky and weird. I think it's the basis for a lot of things to come. Um, I know I, that's also playing into the argument that it is older because it's better, but I think you get like Phil Tippett's animation um, with the Tauntauns, which yes, looks weird, but like it was just like, it's also groundbreaking. You also get like early CGI. You get, I am your father. I mean, you get the biggest reveal in cinematic history, I think. And I think, yes, I like Last Jedi and I know I'm defending Empire versus Last Jedi, but I think, when you're looking at Star Wars as a whole, you maybe you you maybe you like Last Jedi better, but I think as the Force for Thought podcast, looking at Star Wars, I think Empire Strikes Back is. I, I would be happy to put Last Jedi as number two because I think it is Star Wars going forward. But I think number one for the podcast would have to be Empire Strikes Back because it is Star Wars. That was a very impassioned and well said defense. <laughs> In hey, the I words got... of Luke Skywalker, amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think, as a movie, there's no denying that The Last Jedi is better made. I mean, the acting in Empire Strikes Back is only okay. Mm-hmm. The effects are very old. The creature design is lacking even more than The Last Jedi, which is good because they're mm-hmm. two of the worst creature designed movies. Um but, I mean, every, every, I don't want to repeat everything I was just saying about The Last Jedi, but it just all works together so perfectly. There's, You know, you said that you love seeing all four of those characters together. Correct. But, I mean, Leia, what does she do in that movie other than is there kind of dating Han? She's, she doesn't have a great, she doesn't have any arc. She doesn't have many great moments at all. The Last Jedi has five distinct character arcs for every single main character that all have a beginning, middle, and end, that all crescendo at the same point, that all have... Just such massive impacts for the characters going forward, and then, I mean, I don't, I don't want to talk badly on the on Empire Strikes Back, but it's just the second act, like Max was saying, is well, I, I disagree that Dagobah is some of the best stuff, but he was right that the asteroid stuff is kind of slow and boring at times. The Minox are slow and boring. The the space worm, the hologram with the Emperor is the lightsaber duels only good. <laughs> the, I also the think hologram with the Empire was bad at release like in the special editions mm-hmm. when they put Ian McDermott in there. But do you remember what it looked like yeah. at release? Yes. <laughs> that was hokey. It's hard. I think 
to combat two two quick things. One, in like 20 years, though, I think you're going to have to be arguing the same thing with Last Jedi that I'm arguing with Empire. In 20 years, you're go- people are going to be telling you that the effects are bad, the acting is 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 mid. Oh God, I can't believe I just said that. It is middle tier. Like I feel like you're going to, have to be arguing the same thing, and that's just the, the the sad thing about movie and time and music and anything is that it just goes on and it's you, things get better. But it's again, it's the, the gut reaction. But all I'm saying is, last thing, as I'm saying is, this is the definitive between the podcasts. Is you have to, it's, it's the classic versus the new. So at the bottom line, would you rather watch R two D two? C-3PO. I know they're technically in the... I know the, all the characters but in the hey, movies, Matthew. I know. But let me go over again. Would you rather watch Luke, Did Leia... Did R2-D2 have his memory at this point? Han, Chewie. Or would you rather watch Poe, Finn, and Rey? And Kylo, I guess, technically. And I know that might be an obvious answer for you, but I all I'm saying is I, maybe I'm just trying to convince you at this point as well to sway my side. You're doing a good job. Less Jedi is great, but if you're going to take one movie to show somebody what Star Wars definitively is as well... I think it would be Empire Strikes Back. I think you get everything. It's a classic. It looks great, like we talked about. I think it's got that. It's got. It's got everything. You can't just preface your argument with "I don't want to say old is better because old," mm-hmm. and then go on to expand on how old is better because old for ten minutes. It, no, I don't think I went on because old is better. I think you also have. A, you're t- I mean, you're talking about the legacy score. and the history and the tradition, and none of that matters for what movie you think is better. If we're talking about the most historically significant movie then yes i would rank empire strikes back better but mm-hmm. in terms of a better movie or the one that any of us want to watch right now i mean do you even want to watch empire more than the last jedi right now if we all were to put on a movie the time yes <laughs> the the empire all we'll say is Canto- all right, let's go let's go scene for yes. scene let's let's get into the nitty-gritty we don't have this time we don't Hoth, have that time Hoth and crate yeah. are basically are very similar and I get, I get the crate has the benefit of being the third act, but crate is a far and away improvement mm-hmm. against anything on Hoth. Canto bite and the second act of um, Empire definitely mm-hmm. goes towards Empire. The Dagobah stuff is great. The asteroid stuff I would say is on par with Canto bite. So let's go Empire's third act with the Last Jedi's first act. And the Last Jedi has such a stellar first act, setting up all these characters on their journeys the bombing sequence in the beginning is such an incredible action sequence better than any of the action sequences in empire start to finish not to mention it's the fourth or fifth best action sequence in the last jedi the character development the plot is more cohesive the empire strikes back is just running away from the empire for so long while luke has a great movie there's so much that isn't luke that you forget about because it's because all the luke stuff is so good but I think Empire Strikes Back is also a little artificially inflated because it is bookended well by two good movies on either side of it. Whereas, like we were saying with The Rise of Skywalker, I feel like it's hard not to take into account the fact that almost everything done in this film is undone in the next. Yeah. So I I think, you know, it, it is hard because I am agreeing with everything that you're saying, but I don't think you can mathematically break it down and say, well, let's go scene for scene and see which ones are better. Because that sometimes the sum of their parts is the the outcome is greater than the sum of its parts is what I'm trying to say, and I think that might be true for um, Empire and why Matt's advocating for not not old, but like like you were saying, it's like, absolutely it's old because you agree and- you rated the Last Jedi higher than Empire. I do, but so you're, the only reason that you're going back now is because you want the legacy of our podcast's rating to reflect the what you think the legacy of Star Wars should be and what the legacy of Star Wars probably is. But we're not talking about legacy. 
it's Star Wars. It's all about legacy. It's the legacy of the Jedi is failure. I think ultimately Empire is a better movie. I well, obviously it's number my it's my number two. If you think ultimately it's a better movie, then we should have been talking about that instead of old for the last. Oh, 10 that's minutes. what I was talking, about. talking about. That I, I mentioned. I mean, I said I don't. I don't. I don't think it's. I just because it's older, it's not better. I know you said that. I but know. And you explained then, the opposite. Okay, for let's, a long I guess time. if you want to go back to, it, I think the writing is better. You don't get topical jokes. You don't have a slog like Canto Bite in the middle of it. You don't have characters that die in the middle of the movie with no other direction going. I like Last Jedi. Who, but die, who dies in the last movie? Uh, uh, Phasma dies. You also get like, and then they also backtrack on Rose, which I also really like Rose. But I think what do you mean by com- backtrack on Rose? Because she's not in Rise of Skywalker, which is stupid. Well, we're not talking about I the Rise know of Skywalker. No, we're not talking about Rise of Skywalker. But I'm just saying, I think ultimately, Empire Strikes Back is just a better movie. I mean, if you look at all, I know I don't, I don't, I hate also looking at different lists and stuff too. But Empire Strikes Back is not only a good Star Wars movie; it's a great movie uh, beyond uh, that. It's also my personal number ten. Well, damn, it's my personal number one. So <laughs> if we're going on personal lists, let's talk about it. That's what we are talking about, I guess. I, Max, it's ultimately up to you. Either way, I am not going to be heartbroken. Matt is doing a very good job of convincing me. But go I, with your... Is, honestly, gut, but my honestly, says The Last Jedi. Then do Last Jedi. That's exactly what I said you should... Especially when you walk out of the theater, you should go with your gut. I don't want to convince you. And Just like a YouTube to, video. Going back to The Last Jedi, coming out of that theater, that was one of the only two movies yeah. in the last go. eight years now. Um, where, yeah, I did come out of it, and I thought, go. holy shit, that was awesome. Go, yeah, go and Last Jedi, then. I, I agree with everything that you're saying, but I, I, I gotta go with my gut, and my gut is The Last Jedi. Go with it. I disagree, but go with it. Again, I would be happy to put Last Jedi as number two for, my, for, for myself as well. All right. All right, well, you, hear, you heard it here, folks. Go through the list, uh, or we're going real quick. Yeah. So, so the definitive... Force for Thought podcast, Star mm-hmm. Wars ranking, is out of 11, uh, in last place, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. In 10th place, we have The Rise of Skywalker. In 9th place, we have The Phantom Menace. In 8th place, we have Solo. 7th place is A New Hope. 6th place is The Force Awakens. 5th place is Return of the Jedi. 4th place is Revenge of the Sith. Third place is Rogue One. Second place is The Empire Strikes Back. And in first place, we have The Last Jedi. That is probably not the type of list that you would see elsewhere if you <laughs> yeah, were to true. look up Star Wars movie rankings. But hey, we offer a different uh, perspective here on the podcast. So please, if you disagree with us, let us know. Reach out to us on social media. You can find us all uh, just about anywhere at Force for Thought. We're on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok now. Check it out. Uh, reach out to us there. Let us know what you think. Um, but that's uh, that's all we have for today. Uh, we usually try to do a force for thought at the end, but we're running kind of late, so we'll save that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear you later. Yes, also you're opening up a can of worms, but I do want to hear what people think. <laughs> <laughs> please, please let us know. Please roast us. See you, Sammy. Sammy.